Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is Jessica. This is Taylor. And KJ. Today we are doing our episode on the anxious avoidant trap, which is basically when someone who is anxious and someone who is avoidant get into a relationship together and it does not always have a happy outcome. It can have a happy outcome though. So cling to the faith if you are in that type of relationship, you can work on it as long as you're aware and you make some good choices. So we're going to talk to you guys about what it is and then how to treat it, I guess to say, like how you fix it. Yeah. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're, our you're only my hope. only hope. <laughs> Just thinking about hope and that was the quote that came to mind. So disregard. So I can break down why anxious and avoidance don't typically work together when they're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'm pulling again from our trusty sidekick, the book attached. Our fourth co-host. Our fourth (laughs) co-host. So if you have an anxious attachment style, you're craving closeness and intimacy but your avoidant partner wants to maintain distance emotionally and or physically. Uh That's a problem. Um, Another thing, if you have anxious attachment, you're very sensitive to anything that might resemble rejection and you have a very vigilant attachment system for rejection. And your avoidant partner may send mixed signals that can come across as rejection. Another thing, if you're anxious, is that you may find it really hard to tell them directly what you need and what's bothering you. Basically, you may struggle with effective communication and use protest behavior instead. So that's like stonewalling or just smothering them with attention to try to get a response from them. And then they may respond by struggling to read your cues and what you're trying to communicate because you're struggling to communicate. If you're anxious, you may really need to be reassured to feel loved. And avoidance tend to put you down to create distance so they can deactivate their attachment system. That's how they can like calm themselves down. Right. Cause they're freaking out because you're too close. So they mm-hmm. need to put that distance to calm down, push you and away. Then, yeah. You're going to freak out because they're going farther away. And that's really the crux of the problem. Right. Right. That's <laughs> the very root of it. And then one last thing is if you're anxious, you may feel the need to kind of always know exactly where you stand in the relationship And avoidance prefer to keep things fuzzy. 
They love very the, ambiguous the gray area. Even if your relationship seems very serious or is very serious, there still may be a lot of question marks. Like they might have one foot out the door and they'll take that exit if they need to, you know? Yes. So they might not be like dating other people, but they might break up with you pretty quickly, like on the drop of a dime or not see you for a few days and say they need space or whatever. Or if they are maybe also a human who doesn't care, they will also be cheating on you or whatnot. Or somebody that doesn't like labels, somebody that refuses to put yes. like a which is fine if you talk about it, right? Yeah, but it's not okay if if you have decided to be in a committed relationship and then there's something yeah. outside. That's not cool. But yeah, they might just like never let you know how they've defined it, but you think that you're in a committed relationship and they have a totally different way of thinking about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so guys, I watched this show. I actually delved into a bunch of these. <laughs> TLC shows as we were doing this attachment stuff to get some video footage for you guys. So you can look for it on our Instagram stories, but I watched the show married at first sight. I had never seen it, but the concept is, is that there's these experts who interview these people in depth and then they choose people to get married and they meet at the altar. They're married for eight weeks and then they decide if they want to stay married or get divorced. So are you kidding me? Yeah, this this is is a real thing. So they actually get married. Oh, it's and fully then they legal. just. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's the craziest. Oh <laughs> Who signs up so for this? <laughs> okay, so that's my first caveat: is that people who have um, a generally really secure attachment style are not going to be found on TV shows like this because they will generally be found <laughs> in marriages because they will have been in a healthy, secure relationship and have gotten married, right? Yeah. And so you do find, and the book, the attached book says this, the the dating world is full of avoidance mostly because those are the people who remain single the longest. So Mm -hmm. there is one couple in season nine. Um, Nine. There's nine seasons. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's this couple named Matt and Amber and they get married. And before they choose them, the experts express their concern that Matt, who is a professional basketball player who has only ever played like overseas. So he basically has no home base. And so he's been living overseas for years and years and years. And he's coming back to the States and says he want to like, he wants to settle down. Right. So the experts like express that this is a concern, but then they override it and they choose him to get married. Can I just ask a question? What are these experts What is their expertise here? Oh, so there's a sociologist, a marriage therapist, and a pastor. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. Okay. But then also, you have to question what kind of marriage therapist wants to be on a show like marriage (laughs) at first sight. So, okay, the expertise with, but however, I will say the experts said a lot of really great things and gave a lot of good advice. So if you're watching for that part of it, that is helpful. But like the whole concept of the show is batch is crazy. So (laughs) anyway, so they get married. Um, They are both. Okay. So she is immediately very anxious. You can see it. Like she's like, I love my husband so much. Oh my gosh. I just want to kiss you all the time. And just immediately clingy. 
And he is, uh, you, I mean, if you're looking for the signs, he's immediately avoidant, whatever. But what happens in their marriage is she keeps clinging, clinging, clinging and saying things like, well, why, why would you choose this bathroom when we should share the same bathroom? And, you know, and it's very important to her. And he's obviously trying to get distance by using a different Mm -hmm. bathroom, like little signs, you know, but it turns out very quickly, he doesn't come home at night and it turns out that he is already cheating on her. They've been married for like, you know, four weeks. I don't know. Maybe even like two weeks when he started cheating on her. It's insane. And she's just like so anxious. And so what happens is he doesn't come home at night. She's worried about him. She, you know, there's video of her calling her dad, calling the experts and saying like, this is so painful. She is in so much pain and you can see it and you can watch it. And it's really sad. And then he comes home and he's avoidant. He comes home and is like, what's the big deal? And then says all of the right things, right? Okay, yeah, I know that I, in a marriage, you don't sleep away from your wife without telling her why, blah, 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 you know? And so then it cuts to her and she's like, he said all the right things. I'm feeling a lot better about it. She calms herself down. And then he does the exact same thing over and over again. And so luckily, um, at the very end, she chooses to be divorced, which is great. I'm very proud of her for doing that because it was clearly like a hard decision still for her because yeah. her anxious attachment so much wanted this person to love her. And mm-hmm. she was definitely taking it personally. She kept saying over and over again, I don't know why he doesn't love me. I don't know why I'm not good enough for him. And that's mm-hmm. very classic, classic anxious attachment. And then the classic avoidant, when he's confronted by the other, I want to say contestants, but like the other couples on the show who are like, dude, I can't believe you cheated on her. That was like really terrible. He's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not dealing with this. Like, you know what? I did what I did. And he just walks away. He's like, I don't have to put up with this. And it's like, really crappy human, you know? So that is like the epitome of the worst of the anxious avoidant trap. Like when it is really terrible. That's what it looks like. It looks like someone who is clinging on so desperately and is so willing to believe everything that the other person says. And then the other person is literally just stepping out and then coming back and being like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be here. And then it's like, okay, but I'm going to be gone the next day because I'm immediately feeling suffocated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, if you want to see it, that's a great show to watch. (laughs) It is like just... (laughs) crazy i mean that doesn't even like touch on the other couples who are on it you know so man it's quite a show as you're talking about this this is like every fictional couple too Mm -hmm. like in every rom-com gray's anatomy is like literally the anxious avoidant trap it's everywhere this is the stuff good drama yeah that's it well, just, yeah, because it produces good dramatic TV and movies to watch the anxious avoidant trap in action. I mean, I have a bias, but I think that if you are have only known each other for <laughs> a few days and you're already cheating, just cut ties and move on. Yeah, that's but a smoking gun. <laughs> get out of there! Let's say get you, out of there. you're in an anxious avoidant trap where. Maybe you get anxious and need a lot of reassurance from your partner and then your partner starts to feel kind of suffocated and maybe breaks up with you. But then you say, oh no, we really love each other. Let's give it another try. You try again and then the same thing happens. I think that's a more 
calm, anxious, avoidant trap that can really be fixed and helped with each addressing your own attachment styles, right? So the idea would be that you would then say, okay, first you want to assess the relationship, decide that you have it, and really talk about it as a couple, right? Until both of you are on par with the truth that you are in this type of relationship and that it needs to change, there's not a lot of hope for the relationship, right? So the anxious person has to say, yes, you're right, I'm anxious. And the avoidant person has to say, yes, you're right, I'm being avoidant. And then from there, you have to figure out where it comes from and what its root is, and then decide what type of help you need from your partner to start to address that, right? So a classic thing for an anxious would be, I need constant reassurance that you love me and still care, right? And for an avoidant, that's very difficult to give because it starts to make them feel suffocated. So a good compromise would be, you know what, once a day, I would really like you to remind me that you love me and say something really nice about me. And then I promise that if I ask again, you can say, you know what, I already told you that I love you today. And then over time, I will stop asking that kind of a thing. And that's my Mm -hmm. goal is to get to the point where I don't ask for reassurance every 30 minutes anymore, you know? And then for the avoidant person, their compromise is, okay, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to try and remember every day to let you know that I do love you and care about you. Even when my attachment style is screaming, don't let them know that's not safe, but I'm going to work on it. And that's going to be my compromise to you. So really you're both compromising in the way of becoming more secure, but it has to be consistent. And really, if you want to make this type of relationship work, you're probably going to have to set up some sort of like weekly, monthly check-in where you're saying, okay, how am I feeling about your avoidance? How are you feeling about my anxious attachment? Are we getting better? Is it becoming more toxic? You know, where are we at? Because you can have an anxious avoidant attachment in a very healthy relationship and be working things out in a healthy way, or it can become very toxic. Like in the case of Amber and Matt, sadly, it did not work out. And I love the idea about having those check-ins because you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> you're really going to not want to your system is warning conversations. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so important. It's just setting a boundary. Like, yes, we do this every time or we do this this often and we have to do it and we do this because we're both invested and we both care about enhancing our relationship and getting us to a healthy spot so it does take commitment from both sides yeah because i like to differentiate like with my clients i say there's a difference between your attachment style not working with someone else's attachment style and then personality wise, not working with someone, right? So if personality wise, you guys really love each other and you want to be together, you can make it work, but Mm -hmm. you do have to shift some things because it's basically like content versus process, right? So content is what you're doing and the process is how you're doing it. So if the content is good and you guys enjoy being together, but then when you're stressed, you have these big attachment flare ups then work on those attachment flare-ups and then go back to enjoying being together, you know, but then implement check-ins so that these huge attachment flare-ups are happening less frequently and are really only happening for a short amount of time before you're 
compromising, getting it back together and then moving forward as a solid couple again, you know? Yeah. And something that can make this process easier is if we remember what Jessica just said about first, you need to figure out where that attachment is coming from, where it's rooted. And this is a really good exercise to do together as a couple. I mean, you can do your own work and figure out where that stuff is coming from, but you'll get a lot of empathy and compassion and understanding from your partner. If you're like, okay, I'm anxious because of this, this, and this that happened in my life. And it was really, really hard for me. So then they're not just seeing your anxious tendencies that are making their life harder. They're seeing you and your history. And even though it is hard in the relationship, they're going to understand where that's coming from. They're going to have empathy for you. And they're going to be like, okay, I know that she's asked me 200 times to tell her that I love her today. And I really want to walk away from this right now because that's what, what my system is telling me. But I also know that this comes from a place that her parents never told her that they loved her. And that was really hard. So I'm going to tell her that I love her and then I'm going to talk to her about our boundaries. Mm -hmm. So then that person just doesn't represent something, you know, like, oh, she's horrible and her behaviors are hard. She's a person. She has a history and he's a person and he has a history. So do that processing together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when you start a relationship, uh, you might not realize that you're in the anxious avoidant trap right away, but then other times you might realize immediately like, Whoa, I feel for an anxious person. You kind of feel like, um, I want to say gaslit. Cause that would be like, but like gaslighted, yes. like someone <laughs> is gaslighting you <laughs> like you're gaslit. No, but, but like someone is <laughs> gaslighting you, like he's making me feel a little bit unsure about where I stand. And it's all, like very confusing all the time. And if it's at the beginning of a relationship, that's where you can really decide, do I want to persevere and feel like this longer in the hopes that it gets better? Or do I want to cut ties now and just try and find someone who is more secure, you know? And I think that that's your choice to make. And you really have to depend it on, are you doing your work to clear up your own attachment style? Because if so, then the relationship is going to get better. But then also I mean, do you like them in general? Do you really want to be around them? Or are you just in it because your anxious attachment is telling you, I need to be in a relationship right now, you know? And then avoidant, how honest are you really being with your avoidance? Because a classic avoidant thing would be to be like, I don't even know what the root of my avoidance is, right? Because <laughs> it's not even there. So an avoidant is going to be more likely to just stay in that relationship, but push that person away. And so they might not even recognize that there is a problem until the anxious person is like, oh my gosh, I can't continue in this relationship anymore. You know, because the, the avoidant person in the anxious avoidant trap does hold more of the power. Yes. And the so I think that if you yeah. least invested in the relationship always has more power and that's the avoidant. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a nice place to be for the avoidant, but they will have to compromise and let go of that and be honest about their avoidance if they want it to be a long-term relationship. But a normal avoidant is going to be like, you know what? This anxious avoidant trap is not working out for me. I'll just break up with them and move on to someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the, the avoidant might not even be stuck in the trap for very long unless they really truly do connect with that personality and love that person. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times if you find yourself in a serious relationship and you've discovered that you're anxious and avoidant, you usually can make it work because the avoidance stuck around long enough to get to that point, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So 
I think, you know, people who are listening, if they're kind of identifying that they are in this trap, might be wondering what to do. And I think one way you can look at it is find a secure relationship role model. So whether that's, you know, a family member who has a secure marriage or a friend whose relationship you feel like is really secure with their significant other, look at that relationship and then kind of try to model some of the behavior you're seeing. Another way I've heard it described that I really like is uh, we have secure relationships with our pets, right? So we never just assume that our pets are doing things to intentionally hurt us. And we don't take the things like their misdemeanors personally. So, um, you know, they might eat something they're not supposed to or make a mess, but we still kind of have that unconditional positive regard towards them. And we still, you know, greet them warmly when we come home from a long day at work. And we still love on them, you know, despite some of these things that they did. And we just don't take it personally. And that's kind of what a secure relationship looks like. We don't assume that our partner is doing something to intentionally hurt us. And we continue to have that warmth in the relationship, even if we've, you know, come home from a long day. Perfect way of thinking about it. And so just remind yourself, what would I do? I was speaking to my dog right now (laughs) or my hamster or ideally a bunny or your hedgehog. Oh, yeah, Bilbo. (laughs) I'm sure he's dead now. Rest in peace, Bilbo. So for some takeaways, you're going to want to work on identifying your relationship to you and to your partner and agreeing that you want to work on it. Then you are going to set up regular check-ins, whatever that looks like for you guys. And then you're going to go ahead and try and treat your partner like you would a dog. Done and done. And <laughs> it's amazing. But really, good luck, guys. The anxious avoidant trap can be really difficult and it can be quite a roller coaster for your emotions. So if you're in it, hang on, keep trying, and hopefully it just keeps getting better month after month. So good luck and mm-hmm. hope to see you guys when you're in a fully secure relationship. It does happen, we promise. If you need an example, Jessica Day. And Nick Miller from New Girl are your classic anxious avoidant breakup, can't make it work, get back together, and are secure. Are you kidding? Like, where was the spoiler alert? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I haven't finished it, but I know (laughs) they end up together. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Stop it. How have you not finished that show? (laughs) My husband binged it without me, and then I just... Rightfully so. I mean... Just couldn't so bring myself you not to... watch it when it was on. This is blowing my mind, people. Um, I, <laughs> Anyways, I like to um, binge shows. Alert, this show has been off the air for several years. I thought I was safe. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, guys. See you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. 
We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.